And I want to ask you this morning, and uh, often when I ask questions, they're rhetorical, but this one actually isn't. So go ahead and shout out some answers at me. Uh, I'd like to ask you, what challenges, what challenges do you face when you're trying to read the Bible devotionally? And it could be like, not me, but a guy I know, if you want. <laughs> Getting bored with it? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of lists, and sometimes the, sometimes the story does not seem to move along quite as well as we want it to. What else? Distracted by work, do later in the day. Yeah, whether you're a college student or a, or a corporate guy trying to read Exodus on your lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the biggest problem, getting really confused. Like, what does this actually mean? Mark. You know, you already know how the story ends, right? <laughs> I don't have to read this. I, I read the last chapter already. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I did not have that in my uh, bulleted list of probable answers I might receive this morning, I have to confess. <clears throat> Anybody else? The rightly divided word. Can you say what you mean about that? <laughs> it's a phrase that comes from Tim- Timothy. Yeah. So it's talking about interpretation, essentially. Yeah. How, do, how am I sure that what I'm getting from this passage is actually what God wants me to get from this passage? That's, we're going to come back to that. Yeah. Anybody else have a a burning challenge you want to share? Yeah. Contradictions, yeah. Like those two verses in Proverbs right next to each other that say the exact same thing, or the exact opposite things. Answer a fool according to his folly. Don't answer a fool according to his folly. Huh. <laughs> okay. Well, let me tell you about some of my personal challenges. Um, and there's, there's some of them that, that you've already said and maybe some that you were thinking but didn't say. I sometimes feel like it's not much fun, I'll be honest. Um, I love to read, but a lot of times I'd rather be reading something else that would be more entertaining. I, have to, I often struggle to slow down and, and read the text in a way that doesn't, doesn't sterilize it in a bath of academic concerns. You know, I've, I've done more credit hours than I care to remember um, studying the Bible academically. And it's hard to get out of that mode sometimes. But what I have to come to realize, and again, we'll, we'll come back to this, is that uh, the benefits of having an academic context, of having lots of education in the Word, uh, they don't always outweigh the benefits of, uh, of the Holy Spirit speaking to me through the text. In fact, I would have to say that, that generally I'd prefer the latter. 
They are not mutually exclusive. That's a, that's a very good point. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that too. Here's a, a, a way of describing the challenges of coming to the text that, that's helpful to me. You may have heard me use it before. But I think a lot of times we open the Bible and we want to subjugate it. We want to conquer it or master it. We want to mine out of it useful factoids or truths. And we want to get to the place where we can stand on the Bible because we know it and it has told us what it has to say and now we are the keepers of that knowledge, that spiritual reality. And so we want to master the text I would suggest to you that the Word of God is not something that we should master in that sense of the word, but rather that the Word of God is something that should master us. That rather than removing from the text information, raw materials that we can then use, we should allow the text to be born in us and to grow in us and bear fruit through us. That's all well and good, but how do you do that? Does it require a certain level of expertise? A master's degree? A PhD? Take today's passage. Uh, it's Exodus 17, 1 through 7. Very familiar passage about the Israelites wandering in the wilderness and getting thirsty. It's one of the big moments in Scripture in the story of God's salvation plan. I could, having a master's degree, consider myself so important and knowledgeable that I would stand here and and tell you what to think about the text. And I don't want to disparage that as, a, you know, as something that happens in churches. I think it's very appropriate for, for those of us who have education to impart understanding when that's possible for us to do. Um, but again, that maybe is not the most important thing all the time. The role of a pastor particularly, is not just to tell you what to think about the Bible, but it's also to help you turn your attention to God, to teach you ways to allow the Word to be born in you and and grow and bear fruit through you, to give you access to to ways that might help you do that. So, this morning, instead of giving a, a traditional sermon on this passage, Exodus, Exodus 17, 1 through 7. I'm going to try to teach you a way to experience the passage uh, and to read it in a way that maybe will help you hear from the Holy Spirit and what God might be wanting, to, wanting you to hear from the passage today. So what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to 
give you multiple readings of this text, four readings of this text from Exodus. And each time we read it, I'm going to give you a different way to focus on it, a different way to listen to the words, a different way to to, um, prepare yourself for what God might be saying to you. And after we've done those four readings, hopefully the end result is that you will have had a combined experience of Bible reading and prayer that, that maybe is more richer, more richer, <laughs> more profound and richer than, um, than you would have had just reading the text or just praying. So this text will be on the screen. Um, our projector's bulb is not particularly good at the moment. I think we may have fried it with some of our electrical issues uh, over the past few weeks. So you can follow along with these uh, words on the screen if you prefer, but you do have uh, red Bibles underneath your chairs that are the same translation that will be on the screen. This passage is on page 56. And uh, if, you, if you are better, uh, if, if you feel more comfortable reading a, a book than reading off a screen, I encourage you to do that. So we're going to have, as I said, four readings of this text. I'll do the first one, and then I have some volunteers who are going to come and read the second, third, and fourth one. Um, and, and again, I will give you a different way of kind of listening for each reading. So this first reading, what I would like you to do is read simply to kind of understand what's going on in the text. Get the narrative arc kind of under your skin. Figure out what is happening. You don't have to worry about anything too spiritual at this point. Uh, But begin to sort of try to tune yourself into what God might want to say to you. And do that by listening or or watching for a a particular word or phrase that will stand out to you. And this usually happens if you you read a text carefully. Um, Very often you will find one word or, or a couple of words that, I don't know, that they sort of glow just a little bit. Warm your heart just a little bit. Scare you just a little bit. Trouble you. So however that might happen in this passage, listen for that word or phrase that, that sort of rise to the top. And then in our next readings, we'll come back to that. But for this reading, just get a sense of the narrative arc and, and listen for that word or phrase, okay? Let's jump right in here to Exodus 17, 1 through 7. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. 
Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Take just a minute of silence and let those words kind of wash over you. Okay, so that's your first reading, and hopefully you have attached yourself a little bit to, you, to a word or a phrase, or maybe that word or phrase has attached itself to you somehow. I'm going to invite Elliot up to do our second reading, and as he's coming, I'll tell you what characterizes the second reading this morning. The second reading, I'd like you to, to read with a little bit more intention, okay, and hone in on that word or those words that, that jumped out to you in the first reading. And what I want you to do is turn those words over and over in your mind. Sort of chew on them a little bit. Look at it from every angle you can think of. As you're turning it over and over in your mind, try to figure out what special meaning that might have for you right now. Think about it in the context of your life, uh, what's going on with you, what you know or don't know about the rest of the Bible. So Elliot's going to read this next reading nice and slow and, uh, and give it a listen. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Thanks, Elliot. Go ahead and take another minute or two and continue to meditate on that word or phrase.
Okay, as uh, Bethany comes up to read our third reading, let me tell you a little bit about this one. This is where it might get a little tricky for some of us, because we've done reading to understand before, and we've done the how this might apply to me, and, and what do I know about this, and started to study a little bit more. Um, but this third stage might be something new for you, and what I want you to do is make this third reading into a prayer. Now keep in mind that when I say prayer, um, I understand prayer to be a, a two-way conversation, if you will. So it's not just that you might want to tell God something, though that might be what you want to do. It might be that you feel as if you, you, you should keep quiet and listen to the word God might have for you. And that's okay to make that a prayer also. But as best you can, open the lines of communication. Pick up the phone to God, uh, if you will, for this third reading. When you're ready. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? As I said, that, that probably was a little bit of a new experience for many of you to, to pray through the scriptures. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute and see how that went for you. Um, but, Nate, are you going to do our fourth reading for us if you'd come up? Um, and this fourth reading is also going to be challenging for you in a different kind of way. Uh, because I'm going to ask you to, uh, to downshift a little bit. You've been working hard, kind of trying to understand things and trying to figure out how they apply to you and how, to, how do I pray a Bible text. And in this fourth stage, I just want you to sit back and relax. And maybe even, if you've been following along, maybe just close your eyes and, and don't worry about the words quite as much. And what I'd like you to do is allow as much peace as you can to enter you sort of wash over you. I don't want to sound too, 
too weird and new agey, but um, just sit and rest in the text and ponder the experience that you've had so far as we have our final reading. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. But Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people, and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will be standing there in front of the rock, or I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah. Because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Well, what you have just done, if you don't know, and if you've been around here a long time, you probably have done this before, but what you have just done is called Lectio Divina, which is a Latin phrase. Lectio means reading, essentially, and Divina means divine or sacred. So we'll call it sacred reading. And it's a, it's a technique of reading and prayer that Christians have used for centuries. And the four stages that I just took you through, by the way, thank you to our readers. You guys did a great job. Uh, the four stages that I took you through have names themselves. The first one is called Lectio, which just means reading. And if you recall, we just sort of read it and tried to get the narrative arc and, and listened for maybe that word or phrase. And the second stage is called Meditatio, which if you put an N on it and pronounce it a little differently, would be meditation. Uh, and that's where we sort of chewed on the text. And I use that, that kind of weird metaphor intentionally because it, it, it sort of has some etymological... Um, appropriateness, but you're ruminating, you, you know, like a, like a dog gnaws on a bone or a cow sort of chews its cud. That's basically what you're doing with the text in that second stage as you meditate and um, try to understand it and, and see how it applies to you. And that third stage is called oratio, which if you know Latin, you might know as prayer. And the fourth stage is contemplatio, which again, stick a little N on it and pronounce it differently, and you have contemplation. Um, and it's, it's the stage where you just sort of sit back and rest and ponder and contemplate, and you don't, you don't do any more work at that point. It's kind of the Sabbath day of the four readings. <clears throat> and ideally, um, you would do this in a little bit less hurried way, and for, for each stage, you might read the, the text multiple times. It's not that you have to just read it once and then move on and read it a second time and, and so forth. 
Um, you might, depending on how, how useful you find this and, and whether you get good at it, because it's something that gets better with practice, um, you might find that you could give five minutes for each stage, for each reading. You might find it's 10 or 15. You know, 15 minutes for each stage allows you basically an hour of reading a text. And the way most of us approach things, if we're going to read the Bible for an hour, is to read how much? As much as you can read in an hour um, or, or until you fall asleep, whichever comes first. Right? But if you give an hour to one little passage like this, you can imagine how it might sort of seep into you and become part of you. <clears throat> and another thing that's, that's sort of different in doing it in, in this set is that the, we obviously had oral readings of the text. So you were, you're hearing it with your ears. So you're hearing which, which words somebody else emphasizes. You're hearing words pronounced that you may have pronounced differently um, and that kind of thing. And that can be somewhat distracting, but, but also don't discount the, the oral quality of hearing these words because, you know, Scripture was an oral tradition for a long while before it became a written tradition. But this is definitely something that you can do on your own. Uh, and if you, if you don't quite remember it all, um, you can just write down the name Lectio Divina and Google it and you'll, you know, have 42,000 search results that you can, <laughs> you can search through. And the first few on there, I've done this recently, the first few on there are usually pretty helpful. Um, but before, we, uh, before I, you know, talk too much about, you know, talk too much under the assumption that you're going to try this again <laughs> on your own, let me ask you, again, not rhetorically, um, if you're willing to sort of shout out, I'm going to take us through to those stages and tell me what your, what your response was to that. For that first stage of Lectio, where you're just listening for a word or phrase, um, who's willing to tell us which word or words stood out for you in that first reading? Yes, why do you put the Lord to the test? What am I to do with these people? Yeah. I'm sorry? Quarreling. Yeah. And go. Five letters. Thirsted and complained. Is the Lord among us or not? So you begin to see how God may speak to each of us a little bit differently through these same seven verses. And that to me is the, is the beauty of the scriptures. And again, I am not an anti-intellectual. We, we are not an anti-intellectual crew here at Artisan. Saints be praised. <laughs> um, there's enough of that. You can find that if you'd like it. Um, but at the same time, I don't want us to be egg-headed about the text. Because you missed the fact that God has something to say to you through this ancient passage of Scripture. And it has something different to say to Ben than it has to say to me, than it has to say to Caitlin, than it has to say to, you know, the Holy Spirit may have something special for you when you read a text. So if you just go through, find your study Bible, read the passage, and then read the part at the bottom where some 
PhD tells you what to think about it, that's not useless, but you may be missing out on, on something if you just do that. Anyhow, that was the, um, the Lexio stage, the word or phrase. How about that next one? Um, maybe one or two people, if you're very daring, would be willing to say, what happened when you did that sort of chewing on the word or phrase? Uh, uh, reading the passage with the attempt to get at it from different angles or maybe see what it has to say for your life or, or that kind of thing. Yeah, go ahead. You saw it from the people's perspective, not having any water, which um, I don't want to assume necessarily, but, but maybe when you read that passage in the past, you've, you've seen it from God's perspective or Moses' perspective. Very interesting. If you slow down a little bit, you can, you can see it this way instead of this way. Yeah, who else? Yeah. Yeah, Nathaniel's saying that he, he made this connection between being in need, in this case it was thirst, and, and quarreling. And that sometimes when we're in need, we're more likely to, to quarrel with God. Yeah, interesting observation. How about that third stage, oratio, or prayer? Was, that, was I right to, to guess that that might be a little bit challenging for some to, to pray? as you read. Anybody like to share any, any details about that? Yeah, so you said you prayed for humbleness when, when you feel like you want to test God. Yeah. Yeah. So you had a sense of forgiveness from God about that? Yeah. About, about that tendency to want to quarrel, whether it's with God or, or kind of in, in relationship with other people. You felt some forgiveness. So in your case, the prayer wasn't the, you know, forgive the... Yeah. Well, conviction too. So, so it wasn't just you telling God something, which again, you, told, you sort of told God something or asked God for something, and that's to- entirely appropriate. But you seem to have um, received something from God, a-, a word on that. Very interesting. And what was it like to, after doing all that work, that hard work that was kind of unfamiliar to many of you, what was it like to suddenly put it in neutral maybe and, and coast a little bit? That last phrase, contemplatio, was that a little weird or, or did that come naturally? Hard to stop doing the other things, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's what makes the stage very challenging for for us when we try to do Lectio Divina that, you know, we're prone to, you know, to try got to be doing something. This is why we suck at observing the Sabbath, right? How many people took an entire day this week and didn't work? 
I see zero hands. <laughs> and, uh, and I can see all the people listening on the podcast. None of them are raising their hands either. <laughs> we are lousy at that. It's one of the Ten Commandments. How many people murdered somebody this week? <laughs> oh, you did that one. Oh, I see. Okay. But this, as I said, it's kind of the Sabbath day of readings where you just sort of relax in it. And it's, it's nearly impossible for us to slow our brains down, to, to slow our spirits down. Well, thank you uh, for sharing that. I know that, that sometimes that's a very personal thing. And I, I know that, that we all benefit from hearing the specific examples that you guys shared. And so thank you for that. This is one of the major moments in the history of the people of God. As we go through this Stones and Bones series and look at some of those big movements, um, we'll, be, we'll be back to sort of traditional preaching next week. Uh, so if, if this kind of freaks you out... <laughs> actually, it, that's a general rule at Artisan. If something kind of freaks you out, come back next week. It'll probably be different. <laughs> Uh, the problem comes if you really love something and then they come back next week and it's different. But um, It'll come around again, don't worry. Um, but it is one of these major movements and I got thinking about this and, and it's interesting that we decided to do Lectio Divina with this particular passage because um, rhetorically asking now, no need to show hands, how many people have felt a little bit unmoored, a little bit lost in the wilderness when it comes to the Bible? Have you ever felt like you're... I said no hands. Um, have you ever felt like you're kind of... been wandering and you've been promised some kind of land, a promised land, you might say, um, and you're walking in circles and you're never getting anywhere with this book? And you're wondering, much like the Israelites were wondering, did God bring me out here to die, essentially? <laughs> here I am in Hezekiah, and I have no spiritual vitality left. There's no Hezekiah. God's promises are still good today. And sometimes it takes a big heavy stick <laughs> banging against a rock or maybe something else to remind us of that. But if your soul is thirsty, there is water for it. And it is my sincere hope and prayer that, that Lexio Divina might be a way for you to quench that spiritual thirst. Let's pray. God, we are very grateful for the tremendous gift of your written word. Yet we confess that sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we find it boring. And often we wonder if it has anything to say to us in the 21st century. And we're grateful for gifted teachers who can help us understand the text. 
whose knowledge of language and history give us context. And yet we confess that sometimes even with that help, even when we do understand what the text is saying, we don't sense your Holy Spirit's presence in it. We don't hear any words from you. Father, it is my prayer that each of the people here this morning might benefit from this ancient practice of Lexio Divina, that in trying it they might find a new way to speak to you, to hear from you, to read your text, to have it read them. And that we would all be willing enough to stop trying to master the text and dominate it and humble enough to allow it to master us so that it would take root in our hearts, that it would grow, and that it would bear fruit through us. Because it's that fruit that we can pass on to others as we share the gospel. Give you thanks and praise in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever. Amen.